It is time for 307 Baseball, presented by Buckle Up for Life, Wyoming. Deep to left field, and that's gone. The show all about America's game in the Cowboy State. Now, here's your hosts, Elon Olive, Colin Holtz, and Cody Olson. Welcome back again here to the 307 Baseball Podcast presented by Buckle Up for Life, Wyoming. I am your host, Cody Olson. I'm joined here with two fine young gentlemen as uh, we get ready for baseball coming up throughout the entirety of the year. Elon Olive and Colin Holtz. Uh, guys, baseball coming up again uh, as we're moving forward. Our second episode, our second podcast. How does it feel? Oh, it feels great. I mean, last week was kind of fun to kind of get your feet wet. This weekend, you've got so many great teams making their debuts. It feels like this weekend is really kind of opening weekend. I couldn't be more excited. Yeah. And the thing is, too, I mean, like today, knock on wood, you know, it's actually kind of nice and it's been kind of nice early this week. It feels like baseball weather kind of turning the corner here. Uh, but I know I'm not, I probably shouldn't have said that. You know, I, I've doomed <laughs> yeah, us all. You, you yeah, just well, jinxed uh, us. If anybody needs a scapegoat, uh, Colin Holt has wished bad weather upon everybody. You know, Colin, <laughs> you mentioned the good weather happening right now at the moment. It's kind of had an effect as to how the scoreboard has uh, been moving forward with baseball. Uh, going into that scoreboard recap this last week, Colin, you're, you've been on the ball with that. How has weather affected it overall? Well, on the ball is a loose term because I got, I got to pick through and see which games, you know, that were supposed to be played uh, were actually played um, early last week. Uh, we talked about uh, Gillette sweeping Sturgis, South Dakota. I love it when these Wyoming teams go out of state, get a victory. Uh, I saw those, those Sweetwater County rivals uh, earlier going head to head last Wednesday, uh, Green River and Rock Springs and Green River got the best of uh, the Rock Springs stallions in that one. As we move further and further away from the sand puppies, uh, it, it gets harder and harder to remember even. I mean, last year we had some struggles, right, uh, yeah. of calling them the right name. This year, maybe it'll be better. But anyways, the Rock Springs stallions got that right. We saw Powell and Lovell. Um, you know, some local teams going head to head, which allowed them to get those games in when a lot of the games over the weekend were canceled. Uh, Jackson beat Rock Springs in two games. Uh, 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 406 Flyers got the best of Powell in a couple games uh, out of Billings, Montana. Uh, but that's okay because Sheridan got the best of a team from Billings uh, in game one of a doubleheader that they eventually split. And then we had some games uh, earlier this week even um, with, uh, I saw the Cheyenne Sixers had a nice little, what is that, an exhibition game against uh, the, the UW club team and uh, got the win in that one, 11-1. And again, going out of state, Sheridan, against Billings split a doubleheader this time with the, the Scarlets out of Billings, Montana. And those are, those are the games we've had thus far. Um, but I do like, as I mentioned that we've got those kind of local rivalries. You saw Powell and Lovell rock Springs and green river going head to head early in the season. Um, and like rock Springs and green river, that's a rivalry, maybe not as far as the conferences and the, and the divisions. Uh, but you know, those kids know each other pretty well. So I, I love seeing those games early on. You know what this rival these rival these rivalries being played early on in the season this season Elon do you feel as though it is kind of uh, setting a precedence would you rather play a rivalry game early in the season or is the exhibition games out of state something that you would prefer if you were managing a team honestly if I was managing a team I I mean the rivalries are great they're fun and all but when you there's nothing that replaces that out of state experience because when you go and play tough competition like uh, a team out of Billings like a like Evanston will eventually be playing teams out of Salt Lake it makes your your team a little bit better it's kind of like that uh 
that uh, iron sharpens iron type situation. I mean, the rivalries are great. Don't get me wrong. I'm very much looking forward to Evanston Green River, which is taking a place in the next couple of weeks. Evanston Jackson in conference play. But I, I think there's something to be said about what coach Ben Phillips and coach Ty Lane from Sheridan and Cheyenne respectively has done by going out, finding these top flight competition in, in these other States and, and being able to take it to them. Guys, so much baseball to cover Colin. Well, and I think to Elon's point, you're going to have to find a balance too. You know, I, I love the out-of-state matchups, like he was saying, but also, you know, with this spring weather and how unpredictable it is, to be able to play a team, you just hop on the highway, go down 30 minutes or whatever it is, uh, and play a team where you almost guaranteed you can get a game in against a coach that you know well, et cetera, et cetera. You know, finding that balance, finding that mix, I think is where teams find a lot of success when we get on the, the, the back half of the season. Well, one of our many topics that we'll be covering today, uh, gentlemen, we had a chance to catch up with a 2021 AA Manager of the Year from Laramie, Aaron Lozano. Let's go ahead, dip into that interview, see what he's having to say this early on in the season. Here with Laramie Rangers manager, 2021 AA Manager of the Year and all around one of the nicest guy on the diamond, Mr. Aaron Lozano. Coach Lozano, thank you so much for uh, doing this interview with me. First off, uh, how was your offseason? You know, the offseason was good, and thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I love the podcast. I love the work you do with uh, with the guys in Evanston, so I'm, I'm really happy to be be here with you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's absolutely our pleasure, and it's always – it's. I mean it when I say you're one of the nicest guys. I mean, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and just – Honestly, I've had a chance to interact with some of your players as well through my work with our podcast, 307 Baseball. And you guys just have a great group of guys there in Laramie. Um, what do you feel like is, is some, some of the ingredients to having such a, a positive and strong culture there with the Rangers? I think a lot of it is we, we do have high expectations for the guys, right? But we don't ever um, make that high expectation be a thing that can affect a relationship, right? So if a guy isn't meeting an expectation, we try to figure out how we can help him get there, right? Whether that means, you know, uh, taking a day off because it's been a rough week or, um, you know, putting in some extra time on the diamond. Uh, we, we really feel like investing in these guys as more than baseball players, as multi-sport athletes, as young men, um, that those are kind of the key ingredients to, to having a group of guys that really likes being around each other. It's the very, very beginning of the season, so I'm not going to ask the usual questions about what do you know about Evanston, what's the plan, and stuff like that. Uh, but you've been training with these guys here very, um, a lot. And uh, what do you feel like are going to be some early strengths that become apparent for the Rangers this year? I think for us, you know, I think it's experience. Uh, we, we do lose two huge pieces, right, with Aiden Morris and Ryan Chamberlain moving on. Um, but that still gives us seven guys that have that have started in a state championship game, right? And and uh, the, the playing time that they've been getting over the last couple of years that has increased, um, really they have a, a ton of experience. And we're pretty excited about, um, you know, watching those guys take that next step. And then we have, you know, some guys who are really eager to fight and try and earn those last two spots that are kind of up for grabs. And um, it's kind of been fun watching as they are, you know, in competition with each other and yet still like working to help each other out and make the ball club better overall. So I think experience is probably our, our biggest uh, thing early on in the season. 
if I could, I'd like to take you back to the state tournament last year. It was in Laramie, and you guys made that amazing, magical run all the way to the state championship game. Uh, just talk to me a little bit about what that experience was like, and to do it in your own backyard in front of your your own fans. I mean, every Laramie game was was the highlight of the day. The, the fans showed up. It was a really festive atmosphere. So just talk to me about what it was like to go through that. Yeah, I think anytime you get to kind of showcase who you are in front of your home crowd and, and your family and your sponsors, um, that that makes everything sort of extra special. Um, but you know, I, I agree. Like, I, lo- I love the terminology used there. I think I think it was a magical run. I think you know that's a memory that that I'll have forever. Um, I know the guys will have that memory forever. Um, and it was just uh, you know, it just really felt like things kind of fell into into place for us a little bit uh maybe a little baseball superstition helped us out you know um but uh it, it was fun it was fun and that's uh, i think at the end of the day um what we'll always remember you already made headlines at the beginning of the year. Uh, Brandon Chavez throwing a no-hitter in your guys' second game of the season, I believe. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what, what the team's uh, reaction to that was and what it was like to kind of see that up close and personal. You know, it's, it's always fun to watch Brandon pitch. And, uh, you know, I, I think back to, to our 2020 season, uh, the COVID year, right, where we kind of in, in Laramie were in a weird position and – and made some roster changes that we weren't anticipating early on. Um, and that meant Brandon Chavez playing on our varsity as a sophomore instead of on our B team. And uh, I couldn't be happier that, that that happened. Right. Because, um, he was special that year and then he's just improved each year. And it's almost kind of like, um, watching him pitch, um, that that's his expectation every, every time out. Not, not necessarily that he expects to throw a no hitter. Right. But he expects to be, um, at the top of his game every time he steps foot on the mound um, and he works hard to get to that point so you know I don't know I'm not trying to predict no hitters in the future or anything crazy like that but I think um, Brandon always has that expectation of himself to to be on when he's on the mound and when he's doing that we've always got a chance to win a baseball game one last question for you, Coach. Uh, when you guys take the diamond this weekend to take on Miles City, as you mentioned, and of course the Evanston Outlaws uh, on Saturday night, what are some things you're going to be looking for early in the game to let you guys know that you guys are heading in the right direction, not just for this weekend, but for the whole season? Yeah, you know, I think for us, um, a couple things that we've noticed early on is um, just that the rust factor is there for sure, right? So we felt like in those first four games, we could do a better job on the base pads um, and and be smarter um, about reading balls and uh, getting extra bases when we can. So that's that's one big key for us. I think the other key for us really is uh, just being more aggressive on defense. We we saw some some guys just kind of like sit back and wait for the ball to come them and we we really want them to attack that ball and go get it um so those are kind of the two big things for us i think i think maybe a third thing which is probably what everyone's thinking is like you know how long are our pitchers going to last what kind of shape are they in um you know we don't know that we have a whole lot of guys that are ready to go out and throw five six innings except for maybe chavez right so um just sort of building those guys up and getting them uh stretched out and just seeing how how much of our pitching staff we have to dive into that's Coach Aaron Lozano, manager of the Laramie Rangers. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Good luck. Anything else? 
Uh, no, just, uh, you know, excited to see the guys. I, I love the camaraderie that we have in the state. So, so it's good to see all the coaches and get back together and, and chat with some of the guys. I love chatting with the guys at third base, you know, when I'm out coaching third base. So um, I'm really looking forward to that stuff. And it'll be good to see you as well. And I appreciate everything you're doing for the baseball players in this state. Guys, that was double uh, A manager of the year for Laramie Aaron Lozano. Awesome stuff from him. We have more baseball moving forward in this podcast. We're going to have to take our first break. We'll have to put you guys on pause for just a second. We'll come right back to it here on the 307 Baseball Podcast brought to you by Buckle Up for Life Wyoming. From one corner of the state to the other, over 82% of Wyomingites wear their seatbelts. And to the 18% who don't, we say, let's buckle up for life, Wyoming. Diving back into baseball, I am your host, Cody Olson, here for the 307 Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Buckle Up for Life, Wyoming. Elon Olive, Colin Holt, joining me as well as we're going to continue to move forward in this podcast. Lots of awesome stuff, guys. You know, going across the entirety of the state, it's quite a drive. It is lots and lots of travel and lots uh, of hours. <laughs> Buckle up for life. Wyoming wants you guys to stay safe. They want us to stay safe. They want all the players, everybody to stay safe as we continue to adhere to the safety protocols throughout. Yeah. And you know, their, their slogan is everyone has a reason to buckle up what's yours and, and mine is so I can make it to all these great games, still make it back home to my beautiful wife at the end of the day. And, and that's, that, that's my reason to buckle up. And, and I'm sure Colin, you've got very similar reasons as well. Yeah, I want to get to these games. So I got to strap that thing in, you know. Absolutely. Well, stay safe, guys. We're going to continue to move and uh, go across all the state to do some more baseball moving forward. You know, part of our podcast today involves a conversation. I would say a quick one, but it wasn't because there was so much covered in this interview with David Suttle of YO Preps. You know, at the very beginning of the interview, I call him the professor. And I think, Colin, you you and I have gotten to talk to him about basketball, baseball, football, volleyball, just all every single thing. And he is the professor. He, he will forget more in his lifetime than you knew you and I will ever remember about Wyoming prep sports. Yeah. He'll, he'll take you to school for sure. And, and I think what's so cool about uh, what David does at wild preps is um, they really do care about local student athletes. You know, he knows these kids names. He's probably talked to them yep. and interviewed them at some point, you know, and, and that, that makes it extra cool. And it gives him that inside look too, that, that is so cool. And it, it will be great to share that with you. And quite frankly, his coverage and his relationships with the coaches and the players around the state, no matter what the division is, is kind of the benchmark that I feel like every um, Wyoming sports media outlet um, is trying to reach for when it comes to those type of relationships. So that he's definitely set the bar very, very high. And I think 307 baseball, uh, we as a group, we strive to meet that, but there, there's no replacing the original. Well, and when, when we talk to David, and when you hear that conversation, we're going to be uh, revealing something a little mm-hmm. fun, right? I mean, it's coming up. <laughs> well, let's not wait any longer. Let's bring in David. Joining us on 307 Baseball for the first time in 2022, we have the professor, the voice of the Laramie Rangers, and of course, the uh, the main man over at Wild Preps, Mr. David Settle. David, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today? Doing well, guys. Excited. Baseball season's underway. Um, I know you guys are you're getting ready at Elon to do your first broadcast this weekend, uh, weather permitting. Uh, we'll knock on wood for you because uh, the weather in springtime has seemingly interrupted the last few weekends. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to be here and and just excited to see what happens with Legion baseball. 
And of course, we, we bring you on because this last uh, last week was kind of like the the fun. It's here. It's coming type preseason show. This, I think, is more like a preview show because for the first time this weekend, all almost all the teams are going to be in action. And this really feels like opening week coming up with that uh, big Paul Eastridge early bird round robin and Casper as well. Some other tournaments happening around the state. So let's go ahead and dive into it. Single A. Cody is the reigning state champions. They went to Alaska, put on a very respectable showing at the regional. Uh, but Cheyenne, they kind of came and uh, surprised a lot of people at the state tournament. A lot of people had a Cody versus Powell. Cheyenne peach peaking at the right time. How much does Cheyenne bring back from that team that made that run in the postseason? That's a great question. Uh, the Hawks team was pretty young last year, but so were the Sixers. And that's what impacts some of that to a degree. And, and some people forget that every once in a while. This is a, a Sixers team that, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on them, lost only a couple of players. So you're going to have a couple of guys move up from that Hawks team. I think Corey Williams is one. I've seen him play in a couple of games so far for the Sixers. Might be a couple other guys. And then also when you have double A teams that have single A or B teams, you also have double roster kids. And, and you're allowed three that you can double roster that the American Legion will allow you to double roster so they can kind of move back and forth and play up and down and, and can play at both levels. But what that does in the end is it kind of fills out your bench. And I'll give you an example of like um, when I'm very familiar with being the voice of the Laramie Rangers, uh, Laramie's got three kids. They're going to double roster so that they'll have 18 kids on their state tournament roster when that comes around in late July in Sheridan. But for the most part, those guys are going to be playing on the B team in the Laramie Legion program. So this, the, the Hawks will have a lot of guys coming back because not a lot of those guys can move up to the double A yet because they have so many kids back. So I expect a very good squad for Brad Barker. He's a very quality manager. I think a lot of people didn't realize how good of a manager he was, but he has coached in that program before. He played in that program over in Cheyenne. And then he also was co coached at the, the University of Wyoming Club baseball program. He took some time away and then came back and jumped in. And they were really good last year. And that's just a mark of a good Legion baseball program. I think you guys both know that uh, following Legion baseball last couple of summers. The Cheyenne's going to produce good quality baseball. They're not going to really beat themselves with poor defense too often. They're going to be able to put the ball in play and put pressure on defense. And they're going to be able to pitch it. And so the Hawks will be another legitimate threat to try and win it. I still feel Cody's the favorite, although they did lose some guys finally. But, uh, you know, the Hawks are going to be right there. They will be a factor in the single-A race here in 2022. Let's talk about Cody a little bit. Of course, they're the dynasty, the the multiple, multiple reigning state champions at the single A. You mentioned your, yourself, uh, a lot of players not coming back. Tristan Blatt, a big, big loss for them. But th this team looking to reload already. What do we know about the Cody Cubs this year? Well, I think it starts with Jackson Schroeder. He's an all-state kid. Uh, the manager's son, uh, the, the, the younger Grins, Tyler Grins. He, he started and won the state championship game. And I was honestly surprised that they went with him, but he pitched very well and shut down the Hawks in that championship last July over in Cheyenne. I mean, that was on the Hawks home field, quote unquote home field. I say that because they play more at Pioneer Park than they do at Powersfield. But uh, Tyler Grins, Jack Schroeder, those are the anchors. They've got other capable guys coming back. They did lose some, 
some key pieces, but when you've got all state players returning and a veteran manager like Bart Grins, you're the team to beat automatically. And whether that upsets people that I say that around the state, well, hey, I hope that fuels your fire and provides motivation because Cody's just established themselves much like Cheyenne at the double A as the team right now. And I know there are some proponents that maybe Cody should be at the double A. Needless to say, they're at the single A level and they're the chance to meet until you can beat them. And we saw them absorb some losses early last year. I want to say Powell beat them in one of the first meetings head to head, but then Powell ended up not doing what they wanted to at state. That happens. You have that from time to time where teams just don't perform up to the level of their expectations. So the Cody Cubs led by Jack Schroeder, Tyler Grins, and, and I'm forgetting a couple other kids right off the top of my head, but they've got a good nucleus back and Bart Grins will have that team at the top of their game. Maybe not right away because they're one of the last teams to start. They don't start till next weekend, I believe, first weekend in May. So they'll get there. It might just take them a little bit to warm up, kind of like a lot of teams early on. That's a good uh, segue where we can kind of reveal the very first 307, 307 baseball coaches and media poll results for the single A. So here it is. In fifth place, we have Sheridan. Fourth place, Douglas. Third place, Powell. Second place, the Cheyenne Hawks. And first place, Cody. Uh, David, your reaction to uh, those top five? Not surprised Cody's won. Cheyenne and Powell were very close, but I think two quality ball clubs. I think Powell learned from last year, and I think that uh, new manager Jason Borders, who's coached there before, then he was an assistant with Lovell the last couple of years. Now he's back as the head coach at Powell. He'll have them going. They've got a good nucleus coming back, so they'll be right there. I think that's a top three. Question is, what do we get after that? Douglas, I think, second year for Coach Mortimer and Douglas. I'm curious to see what kind of tweaks. They've lost some pieces in the last couple of years. Sheridan Jets are going to be an interesting one. They've been playing and really good at the B level of Legion Baseball in Wyoming. Now they get thrust up into the A level. What does that do for this Sheridan Legion program to have a single A team now, much like you see with Cheyenne? The Jets have some good players. And they're going to be able to compete. Now, the Jets are much like the Hawks. The Troopers didn't lose a lot off their double-A squad. So the Jets are going to bring back a lot at the A level. They're going to surprise some people. They will compete very well at the single-A level, I think, early on in that Sheridan Legion program. Casper Drillers, that's an interesting one. We know the Oilers lose some pieces, but they bring some back. So the Drillers, I think, will be there. Uh, I like Braden, Braden Fagenbush at Wheatland. New manager, Mick Cochran's no longer there. Longtime manager, think Mick was there 15, 16 seasons. Now a former player, Braden Fagenbush takes over. He's got, I think he brings a new energy to that program. That's a team to watch that brings back some good players. Did they lose some pieces? Yeah, but there's, there's a lot of these A teams that bring back a good core. They might've lost a top piece or two. So to go Cody, Hawks, Douglas, and then uh, the Sheridan Jets in five, you know, and, and I forgot Powell in there at three. I think that's a good top five, but I know a couple other teams got some votes. And there are some teams that can make some noise. I'm, I mentioned Wheatland, Casper Drillers. I think Green River's got a good core coming back, and they'll make some noise as well, guys. So not surprised by the top five of the A poll, but there's some other teams that once they finally find their rhythm, they'll, they'll be a factor. And it could be a fun run, but 
It all still goes through Cody in the Northwest, and it will until somebody proves me wrong and them wrong, I guess. Uh, Colin, before I throw it over to you, I just want to mention real quick, as you mentioned, Casper, Wheatland, Green River, Riverton, and Lovell all getting votes in the first 307 baseball coaches and media poll this year at the single-A level. Uh, but, Colin, I'm sure you've got some questions uh, with the single-A, so why don't you go ahead and take it over? Well, you know, before we transition over the, to the double-A, this thought just keeps coming to me as, as you're talking, David, because you've seen this longer than we have in, in Wyoming Legion baseball. How important is it for a team to get hot at the right time? Because you talked about that impressive streak that Powell went on last year. It was just early in the season. It doesn't take away from how impressive it was. But how, you know, I mean, where does that factor in for some of those teams you mentioned, like a Green River or Wheatland? You go, get in a hot streak, you get the, the hot bats through the last part of conference play, you keep the pitch counts managed well, and your rotation just lines up perfectly. I mean, how often and how does that happen? And, and how much does that play into? you know, down the road when we get into the postseason? I think it plays into it more than some might believe. Um, I think anytime you get on a hot streak and build confidence in yourself and your capabilities, no matter what time of season, it's good. Now, do you want to be playing your best at the end of the season? Absolutely. That's the goal of every single team. It, it's interesting to watch the ebbs and flows. You know, Powell, you brought up a great example. Powell got off to a great start. I mean, they were on a tear early last season. And then a couple things go wrong. Something doesn't happen right. It can fracture a team. I've seen that a, a number of different times where teams will get on a roll and then they just, for whatever reason, and, and I say for whatever reason, because it could be a variety of things. Something could have happened in the locker room. Uh, Something could have happened at a tournament that we don't see that they're at by themselves representing the state of Wyoming at an out-of-state tournament. So there's a lot of different pieces to that. Sometimes, guys, you know, it's a sport of baseball. When you're three out of ten times, and that's a known as success, unlike any other sport that we see, but when you're three out of ten at the plate, maybe you get into a slump at the wrong time. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give an example of a – I saw a team a couple of summers ago. I thought, all right, going into the state tournament with a little momentum, they had built up some momentum and then they just kind of flamed out, went two in a barbecue. That happens because you, maybe you don't have it. Or I saw a team a couple of summers ago, got hot mid June through early July. And then all of a sudden it was like the, they just fell off the cliff and they couldn't regain that form of, about two, three weeks earlier, and it cost them, they went to in a barbecue at state. So you got to kind of manage it. And that's, that's the interesting piece is how do you manage your schedule? How do you manage practice? I think some of uh, the more tenure you have with your team and the more you understand the young men in your program and they understand the expectations, I think that helps out to a large degree because if somebody's having a slump, maybe you can just kind of tweak your lineup a little bit, maybe give them a rest here and there, get them kind of re-centered, refocused, refreshed, whatever it, they might need to be. Some teams get broken up. You got to remember also baseball fights with some of the summer all-star competitions, whether it's six-man football or the Shrine Bowl in Casper, uh, the Wyoming Coaches Association all-star games in July, you know, and, and then you're fighting with kids or multi-sport athletes in this state, which I really love. I'd rather have multi-sport athletes than one kid focusing on something, but you know, if they want to focus, that's their decision. 
they get taken away. Basketball camp, football camp, you know, whatever it might be, they're doing other things. And sometimes I think that can take away from it to a degree as well. But I think you've got to, to me, it's that right load management. You want to play a lot of games to get your team in various situations, but you want to still be somewhat rested and ready to go. And as you said, Cullen, line up that rotation, have your hitters, you know, getting some contact. Uh, It's that delicate balance of what type of games are you playing at the end of the season? Are you really playing tough, tough competition? And is that going to tear your guys' confidence down? And all of a sudden everybody's in a slump. And then you go to in a barbecue because you can't get it back together in time. Or do you back off a little bit more and maybe play, for lack of a better phrase, a softer opponent or a weaker opponent to give your guys some confidence? And maybe that guy that was in a one for 22 slump, you play a, a weaker team in a doubleheader and he rips the head off the baseball and is all of a sudden, you know, goes six for eight in the doubleheader with you know, extra base hits and driving in a bunch of runs. And all of a sudden he's got a lot more confidence going to the state tournament. So it is a fine line from that standpoint, particularly when we're talking about the sport of baseball. I hope I answered your question, Cullen. <laughs> no, you definitely did. And and I, I find it so interesting that like dichotomy between the, the programs that, I mean, they just day in, day out, they've been good for a long time. They're continuing to be good. And the program that could get hot at the right time because they've got those older guys that are starting to figure it out and all that fun stuff. I I love that. And I love seeing that play out throughout the season. And I think we're going to see some of that this year as well. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see what a has. I think there are a lot of capable teams. Um, You know, I think the biggest unknown for a lot of people will be the jets and shared in that, that single a program moving up from the B level. But I think they're in a great spot, as I said earlier, like the Cheyenne Hawks. Um, And then it, the other the other aspect of it is is for these teams that have double levels Sheridan Cheyenne and Casper how much have they pulled from the the A team to fill out their roster and then what are these newcomers coming up with that that's a big unknown early on and then I also think these teams a lot more programs are starting to try and play early and I think the reason why is We see it because they're battling weather here in April and May. You want to try and get something done so you can kind of get yourself going by the time you hit the end of May. And then, you know, it's it's a sprint for basically two months, end of May to end of July. You got a two-month dead sprint going on. And so if you can play a few games here and there, and and you've seen that, Evanston and Green River playing a little bit more, Rock Springs throwing in that mix, Jackson in that mix. Um, you know, some of these A teams don't play as much early on. That's why I think Green River playing in Evanston, playing a Jackson, playing a Rock Springs early can help them out with a veteran team because you've got Jax Peterson back. You've got some other guys back for uh, for Coach Lale and Coach Peterson over there that they've got some pieces. Uh, they made a little bit of noise last year at that state A tournament. And, and I think that's a Green River team that if they can find some more consistent pitching, they're going to be right there. We always talk about hot bats. We always talk about confidence, but it still, to me, comes down to pitching and defense in this game. If you've got arms that you can strategically pitch at a postseason tournament, that's going to carry you a long way. And for A teams, the the, the tough part of that is you have districts before you have state. You don't want to burn everything out in districts. I think that's that fine line of, 
do you really want to win the district tournament or do you just want to get your couple wins and make sure you're qualified for state? And I think a lot of coaches are going towards let's get ourselves qualified for state. So you need to win that first game to get off on the right foot and then see how things play out. And, and you, it is a big strategy how you put that rotation together for the postseason so that you got your guys, as you said earlier, Colin, lined up in the right way. Let's go ahead and move on to double A. And before we uh, move on to double A, let's go ahead and give those results for the first 307 baseball coaches and media poll here at the double A level. Jackson and Evanston each getting votes, but our top five are number five, the Casper Oilers, number four, the Laramie Rangers, number three, the Gillette Rough Riders, number two, the Sheridan Troopers, and the unanimous number one, Cheyenne Post Six. Worthy to note, though, in the voting breakdown, Six of the nine second-place votes went to Sheridan. Uh, David, that really shows the confidence that I think a lot of people have in the Sheridan Trooper squad this year. I think Ben Phillips has a big team back. And, you know, if the Steel Kid's healthy, that is an added dimension. You know, they missed him in football. They missed him in basketball at Sheridan High School. If he's back from that injury last summer from the ACL, you're not going to be 100%, but if he can give you and, and kind of work through the mental aspect of that, Ben Phillips has a loaded roster. They've got some good pitchers back. They did lose some guys, but, you know, you got Kilpatrick back who bashed the ball. It kind of came and burst on the scene last year at the catcher position for them. Um, I want to say Rich Hall, Trevor Stowe back. Uh, you know, if, if you've got the steel guys that are back, uh, they are loaded and ready to go. I don't know that they've got maybe the dominant pitching that they've had maybe in the past where they've had maybe a one, two, one, two, three punch, but they've got good depth throughout that program. We all know that they can hit the ball. And I think they didn't quite hit as well as they wanted to at state. And that was a, a tough break in Laramie last year for coach Phillips squad, but I'm not surprised Sheridan given what they have back versus a couple other teams. I think it's some of those guys on the mound, plus that hitting and getting a steel kid added back to the lineup. That's just a big benefit for Ben Phillips' squad. Cheyenne being unanimous, not a surprise at all. I mean, nobody should be shocked by that at all. Post six is dominant. They've come out and shown it already. What they do, go out and outscore their first three opponents, 36 to three, I believe. That's not a surprise. This is going to be a team that Ty Lane told me personally, we're going to challenge our guys right away because we have a veteran squad. They're still missing a couple of guys. It sounds like they'll get back as, as college returners. So, but he's going to challenge this team. Their schedule is unbelievable this year. Now the question is, can anybody else keep up and compete? Sharon, I think has that has, has a good chance early. They're not going to play each other. I don't think for a while I might be mistaken on that. I, I haven't double checked and really, thrown in depth to everybody's schedule i have all of the schedules finally but um sheridan's there laramie's got a lot back too um well they got seven of their nine starters back but the two they lost were huge two all-state guys one a two-year all-state kid uh you lose your top catcher you lose your one of your best pitchers that's a lot to replace for laramie so laramie's off to a slow start i think they'll come along gillette Lost more than I think people realize, but they've got some capable young guys. I mean, you got Corey Schilling back. You got uh, um, Jason Fink back. That's a, that, those are two good pillars. Um, oh, goodness gracious. 
um, who am I trying to think of here? Who was the quarterback for Thunder Basin? I know. Yeah. He's... No, um, not, not him, not Baker quarterback at Campbell County drew drew, you know, he was such a great player. It took me a while to think of his name. Sorry, Gillette fans, but uh, he's such a good player. Um, I think Corey Schilling's got a younger brother that's burst onto the scene here early on. That's really doing a good job driving in runs. They've got some guys that are kind of some baseball only guys or baseball's more of their sport. So, and, and we all know how good of a manager Nate Perleyberg is. So they're going to be there. Uh, curious to see what Casper does. You know, some of their guys, you know, they got some good pieces coming back. Um, but they, they lost a couple pitchers. You know, I mean, Beckham Stowe will be back. He's, he had a great year last year. Um, we know they can hit the ball and score some runs, the Oilers. So Kalen Hill squad will be potential. I'm curious to see what a young Evanston team has. Jackson's got a lot coming back. They were young last year. Curious to see what coach Huggins has. They've, they, uh, they won a couple of games against Rock Springs. Stallions are probably going to be the team that struggles the most, I think, at the AA level. They're a younger team, according to Rocky Rondinelli. So Cheyenne, Sheridan, Gillette, Laramie, Casper, I think that's a top, solid top five. And, you know, this year, everybody's chasing Cheyenne again, but that's like a broken record. Keep repeating myself. It's the same every year. <laughs> David, you mentioned one thing that just kind of sent some some questions in my head. You mentioned the post six schedule, and everyone in the state know that knows that Ty Lane. It isn't about winning a state championship; it's about winning a regional, getting to that first World Series. Um, how, when you look at the tournaments they're entered in, in, and if they are to win one of those tournaments, that sends them to a national tournament like a Connie Mack World Series or or something like that. Um, I mean, that's a whole nother rabbit hole we can go down, but is that something that is a possibility that maybe the state of Wyoming should be prepared for? I don't think so. Not saying that they didn't have a good experience at the Connie Mack World Series, but just talking with some people around that program, I think they rededicated themselves to Legion Baseball last summer, and that showed. You know, they, they were right there to try and win that Cabo World Series that they host. And that's just something that Wyco baseball has brought in. And, and Ty Lane works a lot with Wyco in Cheyenne. Uh, he's the Cheyenne post six manager and the lead guy in that double uh, a program, but they rededicated themselves to Legion. I it's, it's not that I think it was a bad situation. Them going to New Mexico. I think it left a sour taste in the rest of the state's mouth, but I think, I think the state figured out, okay, they had a different experience. It wasn't, 100% what they were hoping for. So they rededicated themselves. I think that rededication spells more trouble than them leaving because I think that's fueled them. I mean, heck, they're going to Oklahoma. They've got unbelievable opponents down in Pueblo, Colorado. Uh, they're playing, they're going to the Omaha World Series, uh, one of those tournaments. I know there's a few Wyoming teams that are going over to Omaha this year. Uh, just kind of briefly look at their schedule. They spend the month of June on the road, and that will tax them. But Ty Lane builds out that roster with 18 guys, and not all those 18 guys play every day. You got some pitcher-only guys on that roster. They got some veteran guys. As I mentioned, they're going to get a couple college guys back. So, And that's going to impact you know, the, that, that swing of some of those guys might get pushed back down that might be getting a little bit of playing time early. 
might get pushed back down to the Hawks. So that will help the Hawks and the, their veteran presence. But Cheyenne is challenging themselves with this schedule. I think they got a chance. I thought they had a great chance last year. They just didn't hit at the regional in Gillette. But with the regional back in Gillette, a place they know, I'm sorry, I think this might be the year they can break through. The question is, how, how much does their pitching go? Because we saw how good teams can shut down great offense, and that's what happened to Cheyenne. They just didn't hit at the regional in Gillette. So, you know, they got Feaser. They've got McAnally. Those are two great pitchers, but they need more. And you got to have those one or two guys on the mound that can step up and give you that performance that maybe you're not looking for, especially at a regional. But this, I thought it was last year, but maybe it's this year because they have this veteran team back. Maybe they learn from that, and that's provided fuel and motivation for the Sixers this year that they finally get to a college, uh, to a college, to a Legion World Series. Excuse me. David, looking at both single A and double A, who do you think when we're sitting here getting ready to go to the state tournaments, do you think we could possibly be looking at like, wow, they made a huge jump this year. Who are the two teams that you think one from double A, one from single A could kind of be like that biggest jump type of team? I'm going to go Jackson Giants in double A. Young team brings a lot back. I think they, they took some lumps last year. They took Laramie down to the wire, really challenged them. And that that happens every once in a while. You get that home team that kind of overlooks them. I remember State a couple of years ago, and all of a sudden Rock Springs was battling Gillette, and Gillette was so dominant, and it was in Gillette, and Rock Springs took them to eight innings at the state tournament a few years ago. And everybody was sitting there. I mean, they, they threw a pitcher out. He was just on, and that happens. Um, Jackson got a great performance on day one of the state tournament last year. They ended up you know, not doing as well as Jason Huggins wanted, but he's got a loaded team back that was young and now they've got to push through. Single A, if I had to look at one, I'm going to go the Sheridan Jets just because I know how good that team's been at the B level. I think they're going to be right there. They could finally be that team and not, and I'm not going to slight the Hawks or Powell because I think they can be right there, but the Jets could be that one team that has enough to push with Cody. So those are my two. I'm going to throw Jackson double A, Sheridan Jets at single A. And I think Wheatland might be better than some people realize. I'm also curious to see what Torrington has. You got two former players that are young that are now managers in that program. That, that's going to be an interesting dynamic over in Torrington this year. I got to ask thoughts on the double A realignment. I like it. I still think we're going to see a lot of the same matchups. Not going to lie to you, Cullen. <laughs> I still think I still think it's going to be Cheyenne against Rock Springs in the first round, and that was that'd be the one in the East against the four in the West. So I, you know, I the the difference is I think two through seven you might mix some of the matchups around, but I you know I get it. I get why they did it. You know, I mean, Casper and Jackson, that's a long road trip. Let's see how it goes for the first couple of years. I, I was a little surprised. I knew that the proposal was coming because I had heard some talk last year. I knew a couple of coaches in particular that were pushing for it. And no, I'm not going to call them out here. Um, but I, I think it works in this state. Why not play everybody? I, you know, I, I, it's kind of like the 4A football model in high school sports. Why not play everybody? 
So you're double A, there's only eight of you. Why not play everybody? And I think they came up with the perfect plan of you rotate through the seven. So some teams will start with three home games and four road games this year in the double headers, and then it'll flip next year. So it's a two-year rotating schedule. Why not? You, I think it's better to see everybody than not see somebody. And in the case of a few teams, you don't see sometimes that team from the other side of the state. Like, I don't know how many times Laramie's played Jackson in the first round of state tournament. We haven't seen him or we saw him way back in April and May. And then you don't see him for two and a half months. And how much can teams change in two and a half months? It's a lot. So I do like it. I'm curious to see how it will play out, but I still see Cheyenne and Rock Springs in the first round. It's just going to change two, three, four, five, six, seven. And who's playing there, I think. That's David Settle. He is the voice of the Laramie Rangers and, of course, the mastermind at YO Preps. David, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Uh, anything else before we wrap it up? Nothing. I'm, I'm anxious. Uh, I'm jealous. You get to call games this weekend. I, I still got softball. I got a daughter who plays softball, too, so I got to follow her a little bit. You know, dad's got to be a dad every once in a while instead of choosing work. But uh, you guys will get there at some point in time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm I'm. I'm anxious to get to baseball. I'm enjoying softball right now, calling some Laramie High School softball right now. In fact, I got a game uh, later today uh, as, as we're recording this. And so I've had a lot of fun with that. Been enjoying some really competitive games, some pitchers, duels, things like that. So, but I can't wait to get to baseball. And frankly, can't wait to get to warmer weather. Let's just put it bluntly. I, um, that's why I look forward to baseball, warmer weather. And there nothing beats times. Not, nothing beats spending time at a ballpark. Uh, I, I just, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I couldn't agree more with you, David. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. Also, um, if you need a recap on the 307 baseball coaches of media poll, those are going to be living on while preps after we announce them on the pro podcast. So David, thank you so much for that. We'll talk to you next time. Guys, Elon Cullen, always a pleasure. Have fun. David Suttle of while preps, uh, just a mountain of information lots of coaches and media polls you know the first time that we're unveiling them here for our podcast today uh, gentlemen was there any surprises to either of you uh, again i said it last week is it too early for surprises really you know and i think uh both polls in a lot of ways were just about how how you'd expect them uh, to have gone based on last year's results. But I'm with David. I think especially at the single-A level, there are a lot of teams that could surprise us going forward. I absolutely agree with you, Colin. I mean, he touched up a little bit on it on Green River. They've made some pickups in the offseason, which is not something you usually talk about in uh, prep sports or American Legion baseball, but a big arm going to Green River and Ashton Eldridge. Um, he's going to sure up that staff and really make those guys um, a, a beast here in the Southwest. Yeah, and just all these teams, you know, you look at their rosters and everybody's got at least a couple kids returning. And there's so much talent across the state and, you know, you put in one good off season and, you know, you take 10 steps forward, you can change how your team operates. You, know, you can change the dynamic of your, of your baseball squad. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of excitement and there should be a lot of excitement in almost every program across the state because the potential, you know, no place to go, but up here at the beginning. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at, at the voting breakdown of the double a poll, uh, we talked about it in the interview, a lot of faith in Sheridan. Gillette is getting a lot of respect. Jackson, though, they are definitely 
on the fringe and could definitely break into the top five at some point. Uh, the last couple of years, Jackson's kind of had that young team label. I think this is the year that they shed it. It could be. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with being young, but at some point you get older and that certainly helps too. <laughs> Experience is, is definitely invaluable. And I mean, Jackson is so used to playing in high pressure games at state and doing such a great job handling that pressure. I'm really excited to see what Evanston brings. Uh, that C team that made it to the state finals last year is basically the double A team. Now everyone graduated. I think there's only a couple kids coming back for the outlaws. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then of course, it's always fun to see what coach Rocky Rondinelli has down in rock Springs. Yeah. And I, I've said this before. I talked about it a lot last year, um, but in Wyoming Legion baseball, these dudes just battle. I mean, every at bat, every game, you can't take much for granted. There are some teams, though, going into this season that you really circle as like, ooh, that's a scrappy team. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like Jackson kind of falls into that category. They're, they're a scrappy little team. And you saw at the, at the state tournament last year early on that they weren't going to be uh, pushed around by anybody. And then, of course, Casper had that potent offense last year. Uh, it'll be interesting. I haven't been able to catch up with, with Coach Kalen Hill yet, but it's I'm going to catch hopefully catch up with him when I'm in Casper for some games this weekend. But it's interesting to see what they've got coming back. I don't know what they have coming back. We all know Gillette's fairly young. Laramie's bringing in a very good core back. So Sheridan, the double A is going to be absolutely a, a blast to follow this year. Well, guys, it's really fun to be able to hear about these uh, polls, where these teams stand so far early in the season. You know, moving forward, we even have more excitement to talk about as uh, Colin, you have an invitation for our listeners of the 307 podcast. Well, you know, I'm watching the news, scrolling Twitter and whatnot, and people are talking about the Mets, and I, I usually couldn't care less about the Mets. <laughs> but it's about the Mets. They Colin. had that huge five run rally, you know, in the ninth there to, to have that comeback win. What was that two or three nights ago? And guess who hit the, the two run bomb to cap off that five run rally, the pride of the three Oh seven Brandon Nimmo. And it got me thinking, you know, I mean, obviously we've had some, some dudes, you know, a small handful of guys over the course of, of, you know, the history of major league baseball that have come out of Wyoming and done some great things. Brandon Nimmo, obviously, being the most recent example. But we've also got a bunch of guys out of Legion baseball uh, here in the Cowboy State, prep players, prep stars in multiple sports that have gone on to play college baseball. I know there are a bunch of them out there playing right now. I try to keep tabs on some of them, but I can't keep, keep tabs on all of them. So I was thinking, hey, to all of our listeners, shoot me an email, you know, Cullen, C-U-L-L-E-N, at k-9radio.com or Elon at k-9radio or hit us up on social media. If you know of a, a prep baseball player that's now playing ball at the next level, let us know where he's at. I would love to check in on these guys. Maybe make it a recurring segment. Every once in a while, we'll check in and see how they, they're doing. Because I know the college season, I mean, we're knee deep, if not waist deep into the college season at this point. Yeah, and absolutely. And it doesn't have to be a, a, a pre, uh, person playing at college. It could be a former player who had a crazy career uh, here in American Legion, and now they're coaching or doing something else. It'd be awesome to catch up with with some of the greats here from three uh, from American Legion baseball in Wyoming. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like I said, congrats to Brandon Nimmo, not only on what's been an awesome career thus far, but also that, that nice little uh, two-run shot the other night. 
Well, guys, you know, getting to that next level really starts with individual play every week here in American Legion Baseball in the 307. And you know what? We'd like to highlight the people that do such a great job. These athletes just being outstanding. Let's go ahead and cover our 307 Baseball Player of the Week brought to you by Buckle Up for Life, Wyoming. It is Jackson's very own Aaron Huggins. Yeah, Aaron Huggins had a five RBI game this last weekend, uh, and it was a really great opportunity to kind of talk with him and really fun, fun guy to talk to. I hope we, I get a chance to kind of meet him later on down the road, which I know I will. Evanston and Jackson play each other fairly often. So I'm excited to catch up with him uh, in person, but had a great conversation with him. And here is that interview with this week's 307 baseballs player of the week. Here with this week's 307 Baseball Player of the Week, Jackson Giants, Aaron Huggins. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, real quick, um, you just had a five RBI uh, game this last weekend, and that's why you're getting this, uh, this I guess you could say, interview, this spotlight. Uh, talk to me real quick about that game. How, how well do you feel like you were seeing the ball? Obviously pretty well. Um, yeah, I think I was just, you know, uh, seeing the ball real well coming in and, uh, uh, you know, getting in a groove a little bit. And, um, I think the work that, uh, you know, my team and I have put in this winter really helped out, um, in those wins on uh, Sunday. Talk to me a little bit about the off season work that you guys have done and how it's kind of been a little bit different than the last few years for you guys. Uh, yeah, so it's been kind of nonstop since, uh, you know, like September it's been lifting and, uh, getting in the cages and just doing everything we can to prepare for the season to try and have a successful one. I don't know how much longer I can ask this question because we're getting out of that beginning phase of the season, but how excited are you that the season has started and you guys are playing games and you guys are going to be traveling together and, and pursuing uh, that state championship from now until the end of the summer. Um, I'm more than excited. I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. And, um, all I wanted to uh, be doing is playing baseball and, um, I'm ready to go compete. And, uh, so is my team. Awesome. Well, now we've got some spotlight, in, uh, interview questions for you and it's kind of a fun twist. We've got 10 random breaking the ice, kind of getting to know you questions, each assigned a number between one and 10. I'm going to have you pick four numbers between one and 10 and those will be your interview questions. Does that sound good? That sounds good. All right. So what's going to be our first number? Um, I'll take two. Number two, what has been your favorite memory from being a part of the Jackson Giants? Oh, wow. Uh, that's a tough one. I think uh, my favorite memory so far was um, was being a freshman and uh, us beating Sheridan at State um, to advance. And that was just something that was really special to me. Awesome. And I mean, there's Jackson is known for playing really great baseball at the state tournament. Uh, you guys have been a part of some epic battles. Uh, do you feel like that kind of experience is going to help you guys out this season when you guys get to those must win games later on? Um, yeah, I, I do think that I think um, we're tired of being labeled as the young team and we're ready to, you know, to kind of be a team that's uh, that's going to compete and uh, have fun at state. So. Awesome. So uh, go ahead and give me your next number. You did uh, number two. So what's going to be your next number? One through 10. Um, I'll do number four. Number four. Ooh, if you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Oh, boy. Um, I'll have to go with uh, super strength. So you can make five RBIs look like uh, look, look like routine, right? Oh, yeah, that's it. And then, yeah, absolutely. D do you have a favorite superhero then? Um, oh man, 
I didn't think about this. Uh, I'll go with Batman. Batman. Batman's always a great choice. I love Batman. I love that one. All right. So what's going to be your next question? Um, I'll do number six. Number six. All right. This is a really fun one. This one is one we just kind of put into the rotation. Let's say you're given your own late night talk show. Who would your first two guests be and why? Um, I think I'll take um, my head coach, my dad. I think I'll take Jason Huggins on that one for my first guest. And um, I'd have him on there just because uh, he's he's absolute the best to be around and um, a great coach and a great dad. You know, I've had the pleasure of interviewing him a couple times, and he's always been really gracious with his time. And I, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful first choice uh, for you, Aaron. Yeah, um, and then for that second one, that's that's a tough one. I might um, I might take uh, my other coach, Patrick Renz, um, because he's. Uh, an extremely good coach as well, and um, and he really takes care of his players. And uh, yeah, so those are my two guests right there. I'll take the cheap shots. <laughs> awesome. Okay, now you've got your two guests. Who's going to be your uh, your musical act to close the show? Oh boy, um, I'll have to take the Rolling Stones. Great choice. Awesome choice. All right, let's go ahead and get that final question. So one through ten, what's it going to be? Um, I'll take number eight. Number eight. Favorite vacation spot for Aaron Huggins? Oh, take me to Hawaii. That sounds nice right about now. <laughs> Especially when we're dealing with these winter, uh, this uh, sprinter type of conditions, right? right? That's Aaron Huggins, our 307 Baseball Player of the Week this week. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on and doing this interview with me. It's been a blast. Anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, no, uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. Aaron Huggins doing great work for Jackson. As you said, Elon, later on, Evanston's going to be seeing them. We're going to be, we're probably going to be seeing him everywhere. If he oh, continues yeah. to work the way that he's working, not going to surprise me if we see him on the next level somewhere. You know, what, what's got me thinking that Jackson, and I'm sure David, you heard David Settle mention it, that Jackson is probably the team that's going to make the biggest jump in double A is the off season program that, that he was talking about. I mean, they started in September. That's two weeks or two months after uh, the state champions were crowned and they were in the weight room, in the batting cages. And it's those, that off-season work that yields postseason success. Absolutely. And, and I go back to our conversation with David and we talked about teams that get hot at the right time. And we're going to see some teams and some players uh, go on hot streaks. And that's going to be fun. And if it all comes together, somebody could do some really big damage uh, here in Legion Baseball this year. Well, speaking about, uh, you know, getting prepped and getting ready, uh, who's next up on the scoreboard? Uh, gentlemen, let's go ahead and preview our upcoming games. All right. So we had some games already happen earlier this week on Monday, April 25th. The Cheyenne Post 6 beat the UW. Uh, I think you touched up on this one, Colin. UW club baseball team 11 to 1, a 10 run seventh inning for the Sixers. Uh, on Wednesday, Sheridan beat Billings. And I think you already touched upon that. So let's just go ahead and go into what's going to start tonight at 5 and 7.30 p.m. Gillette will take on Sturgis, South Dakota in Sturgis. And then tomorrow, Douglas at the Casper Drillers. Some great single A action. Nine inning game kicking off at 6 p.m. And then Saturday is the big one. There's a long list here. Casper Drillers at Douglas at 11 a.m. That's a nine inning matchup. Uh, Billings, Montana, post four red at level. That's a double hit header noon and two o'clock rapid city post 22 hard hats at the Sixers one and four o'clock. This is Saturday. Again, 
Rapid City Post 22 Expos at Cheyenne Hawks, 1 and 4 o'clock. Sheridan Trippers at Spearfish, South Dakota, 1 and 3.30 p.m. And Green River at Gillette at Sheridan Jets, 4 and 6, Cullen. We heard from uh, Coach Suttle that those two could be top some of the top teams in single a. So uh, if you got time, head over to Sheridan. That could be a very fun game. The Knights versus the Jets at four and 6 PM. Uh, and then we move on to Casper's Paul Eastridge early bird round Robin rock Springs at Casper uh, taking on Casper at noon at Lansing field. And then at crossroads, number four, Laramie will take on miles city. And then at three o'clock at Lansing, Rock Springs will take on Jackson. And then at three o'clock at Crossroads, number four. Crossroads is, is right across the parking lot from Lansing for those of you that haven't been there and you're planning on going. But at three o'clock at Crossroads, Evanston versus Miles City, Montana, taking uh, their first game of the season. Jackson at Casper's Casper Oilers at 6 p.m. at Lansing Field. And then Evanston versus Laramie at 6 p.m at Crossroads, and then on Sunday, May 1st, uh, Green River at Sheridan at 10 a.m. and noon, Bozeman, Montana at Sheridan Troopers, 11 and 1.30 p.m., Rapid City Hard Hats taking on the Sixers at 11 a.m., Rapid City Expos taking on the Hawks at 11 a.m., Powell at Laurel, Montana at 1 and 3 p.m., West Coast Zephyrs out of Scotts Bluff, Nebraska at Wheatland at 1 and 3 p.m., and then the final day of the Paul Eastridge, early bird round robin, Evanston versus Rock Springs at 9 a.m., Jackson and Miles City at 9 a.m. By the way, Evanston and Rock Springs will be at Lansing. Uh, Miles City and Jackson will be at Crossroads. And then at noon, Evanston and Casper at Lansing. Some uh, conference preview action there. Jackson versus Laramie at noon at Crossroads. And then Miles City at Casper at 3 o'clock at Lansing. And Laramie versus Rock Springs at 3 o'clock at Crossroads. A packed slate worth of games here uh, on this first opening weekend. Yeah, you're going to be drinking from a fire hose if you're getting ready for some baseball <laughs> this weekend. It should be fun. Wrapping up uh, here towards the end of our podcast today, uh, Colin Holt, Elon Olive, uh, final thoughts as we move into this next week. You know, it's it's going to be exciting to see that that tournament action with a bunch of Wyoming teams because not only will you get to will they get to see each other, you know, when they face off, but you know, coaches are going to be sticking around watching everybody trying to compile some early mental scouting notes, you know, as, as we move forward, especially with the realignment in double a, everybody is, is a potential opponent and everybody's going to be going to be right there in the mix and the standings too. So going to be interesting with a big tournament this weekend like that. Well, you talk about the realignment with double a, you've got rock Springs, Jackson, Evanston, Laramie, and uh, Casper all there. So that's five over half of the conference there. And they're all playing each other. So not only are you going to get a chance to sit in the stands and watch them, you're going to get a chance to take a, to the diamond against them and have that firsthand experience before conference play even starts. Has to be invaluable for these managers. Should be a good one, boys, as we go forward moving. And, uh, you know, baseball, again, just, just it is time for baseball. Great to be with all of you, our listeners here on the 307 Baseball Podcast brought to you by Buckle Up for Life, Wyoming. We'll catch you next time.